Girl, can you believe that Tasha is pregnant possibly by somebody else and so close to the family? And Trey also got that Asian attorney pregnant. Ciao. And we got to continue on and see what happens because, you know, the little baby Aisha called and she don't know where she at, but she think her mama dead. So our girl Kira is out the game. Welcome back to the Bibliophile Hour. I am your host slash cousin, Erica the Bibliophile, and I am here with part five of the Thug series by Miss Wahita Clark, and we are on day 11 of 31 days of read a book, record a podcast, and I'm ready to get started into this drama that the Macklins have going on. So let's see how they take us for a ride this time. The drama was put on hold for a second while Tasha was talking to her niece, Aisha. But when she asked her, you know, like, where are you? And she couldn't tell her. Someone took the phone and hung up. So Tasha tries to call back, but now it's going straight to voicemail. And so now we're focusing back on her husband and her possible baby daddy and her brother, all being in the same room together. And, you know, nobody touches anybody. Nobody's really saying anything. And Karan is going to leave. So he calls for Kendrick. And, you know, they're going to walk out the door. But in order to get out the door, he has to walk by Trey. And Trey just ain't letting him leave. And he swings and this starts a fight. And with them fighting, it causes Tasha to miss Another call from Aisha, so that makes her upset. And, you know, Kaylin, he's still threatening to divorce Angel because he believes that she knew something about this and he just knows that she's a part of the triangle of Trey, Tasha, and Karan. And although Karan is his brother... Kaylin is on Trey's side, you know, Karan violated. I told you when you first got out and we picked this girl up from the airport that that was that man's wife. So you had no business really even talking to her if you weren't going to treat her like family. And Trey pulls out his gun, but Kaylin tells him, you know, first of all, remember who brother he is. And I told you that I would talk to him. So just... I know you upset, but you got to back up for a second. One day, Jazz and Fahim are at the mall because he's there to support a friend's opening of his store when their daughter is almost run over by a little boy. And, you know, Fahim stops him and is like, hold on, watch out, little man. You know, you can't be knocking over the ladies like that. And he apologizes, but he's lost and he's trying to find his mother. So a woman is walking through the mall, you know, screaming, Fahim, Fahim. And he turns around, you know, thinking somebody's calling him. And he sees Oni, his ex. But she's not really an ex, though, because the way he describes it is she was the woman that he would, she's basically a jump off. It's like whenever him and Jazz would call themselves breaking up or being mad at each other, this is the woman he would go see. So basically, you know, the side chick, this is who he was cheating with. And it's like, no, not for him. Not the man who flipped over glass tables because your woman was sitting talking to somebody else. Not you had a whole side chick. And so when he sees her, he's smirking and thinking, you know, she just named her son after him. And he's like, so you, and that's what he says. He's like, so you named your son after me, huh? And she says, no, I named your son for him. And, you know, so it's like, it's not just mine. He's yours too. So, yeah. And Fahim chokes her out and the mall security has to pull him off of her because it's just like, what? This boy looks to be around the same age as their daughter, Kira. And it's just like, so you've held him from me all this time? And Oni gives Jazz her business card, then turns to Fahim and tells him when he calms down, call her. And 
like he almost gets loose to choke her out again because it's like calm down girl what like do you know i would kill you and jazz knew about oni back in new jersey he she knows that she's a sidekick and you know she says the same thing like whenever we were fighting that's who he ran to and little fahim looks to be the same age as kira so when they get home you know jazz she leaves him alone gives him some time to go out in the back you know smoke a few blunts maybe have a drink just to get himself together so she goes outside you know like are you ready to talk now and the only thing he says is get her on the phone so jazz goes to get the business card that oni gave her and she calls her and at first she doesn't answer but then she calls again and tells her you know he wants to talk to you and she's like no give him my address and tell him to come over tomorrow i can't talk about this over the phone and jazz warns her you know don't be trying a little slick shit and working your way back in this is just about your child and let that be that only tells her you got him don't let little old me make you insecure i only gave birth to his son you married him and jazz feels a way about that because it's just like she gave him a son and i have never been a fan and i never will be a fan of putting the gender of a child like before the child and so you know like in order and you know like the son is supposed to be more important because that's his son and then you named him after him so you she do feel like she got the upper hand on jazz in that regard but jazz comes back and says i'm not the one who sat around waiting for scraps off of another woman table so it's like whenever you know i felt like letting him go or i was tired of him that's when he came to you you were never the number one pick and you know fahim is standing in the doorway hearing her part of the conversation so he gets upset with jazz and says you know i just told you to get her on the phone i didn't tell you to add any more drama to this already fucked up situation and jazz is like you know i know you ain't got no attitude with me like i'm just trying to make sure we're all clear about what this is and you know he's like man anybody got time for that anybody think about that and so you know she gives him the address and it's like you know this is what she said and he's like tomorrow i'm going over there tonight and jazz is like oh okay let's go and he's like no you ain't going why why can't i go and I'm kind of with Jazz on that. Like, why can't she be there? If it's only about y'all son, she should be there for that conversation. Just to make it clear. Because it's like, although you don't see a problem with it, you should be on a united front with your wife. And make sure that Ani knows, like, whatever you think may happen, it ain't happening. But, you know, with men, they have to use, like, little, not even men. Like, people with kids, they keep that door open, is basically what I'm trying to say. It's just like... If he has to use his ways to get Ani on his side, he can't do that with his wife there. So he leaves to go to Ani's house and, you know, talk to her. And Jazz tries to call all the girls on the phone, you know, so she can tell them what just happened and what's going on in her world. And the only person that picks up is Angel. So they get each other caught up on the drama. And then Jazz three-way calls Tasha who lets them know that Kira is possibly dead and that Aisha called her. And immediately Angel jumps on Tasha's head, you know, asks her, you know, why didn't you call me and tell me that you haven't heard from her in a while? She would have called her family and told her family if she was going anywhere, like, you know, before she goes on vacation, she tells her family. So this didn't seem suspicious to you, you know? And Tasha's like, wait, wait, wait. The same way I didn't call you is the same way you didn't call me. You could have called me and asked me anything since you hadn't heard from her in a while. And I know this is also in relation to the drama that Tasha has going on. Angel probably ready to fight her own best friend at this point. Because it's just like, bitch, you ain't making no sense at this point. So, I'm... Ani wishes to be Jazz in the light of having Fahim's love and attention. I don't think she actually like wants to be her. She's not obsessed with her in that way. It's just like, I want him. So I wish I was you in the way you have his attention, his love, and all that type of stuff. 
And her thoughts are, you know, if Fahim wants to be a part of little Fahim's life, he also has to be in hers. So it's like, you know, we come as a package deal, so you're going to have to make time for me in some way. So it's just like she's ready to resume her role as the side chick. When it's just like, baby, you ain't found, you've been down here for seven years. You ain't found a man yet. So Kaylin sits down to talk with Tasha because, you know, Karan left and then Trey left and told him, like, man, talk some sense into her if you can. And because Kaylin is also seen as, like, the big brother slash the one with wisdom of their little group. He talks to her and he's like, you know, I'm so disappointed in you. And it's just like, wait, you disappointed in her. And that's what I was talking about in the last episode. It's like everybody is focusing on Tasha. Like Tasha is the cause of everybody's problem. And this is just all her fault. It's like, it's not her fault. Trey started all of this. And I will always go back to that. This is Trey's fault, technically. Because it's like Tasha warned him. And she told him what was going on. He chose to ignore it. He chose to engage with Charlie. And just because y'all don't like the way she got back, it's all of a sudden now all her fault. That makes no sense. And so, you know, he tell, he asked her, he's like, just tell me right now, did Angel know anything about it? And she's like, no, she had nothing to do with it. You know, this was all on my own. So... Excuse me. And then she's like, you know, what do I do? I don't know how to handle this situation. And Caitlin tells her, you know, Karan has a woman of his own. And for some reason, this upsets Sasha because it's like when they had sex with each other, she told Karan he was nothing more than a revenge fuck and this wasn't going to go anywhere. So it's like you have a whole husband. And you dealing with the drama of him, of him cheating. So how are you jealous about the fact that your revenge fuck possibly has a woman of his own in his own relationship? And Kaylin tells her she just needs to get rid of the baby. It don't matter who baby it is at this point. Just get rid of the baby so this is no longer a problem. And Trina comes from the back and, you know, she asks Kaylin, is she okay? Because, you know, Tasha's slamming stuff around. And Caitlin tells her, you know, this is basically your fault if they can't work this out. Because you just should have minded your business. And then he leaves. And Tasha basically tells her the same thing. Because, you know, she didn't let, Trina didn't let Tasha know that Karan and Kendrick were coming. So she was blindsided by them showing up but it's like girl you didn't have to have sex with him so you did that all on your own so it's like Trina is to blame but you you grown you making your own decisions and you know so after they both cuss her out Trina definitely isn't gonna fess up that Karan paid her five $500 like these people are dealing with millions of dollars you know they suppose like they ballers they got money and he only gave her $500 to keep Tasha at her apartment and that's exactly what she did. And it's just like, that's because, you know, Trina ain't on a level. Like I said, she's just looking for a baller. So she's just going from man to man to man. Like whoever got a little bit of money in their pocket, that's who facing it. And it's just like, you got that reputation on you. So of course you looking at your sister and her friends and you see their life and you want that too, but you never going to get it because you're not going about it the right way. So Marvin and Aisha are hiding out in Kentucky. He quit the uh, drugs cold turkey and, you know, he just wants to be better because ever since that night, he keeps having nightmares of what happened to Kira. So, you know, he's just trying to be better and lay low and get his life back on track. So he gets word that Junie, the guy he shot in the stomach, is out of the hospital and he's laying low. So Marvin decides to go back to California and find Junie on his own, you know, and get some answers out of him. And Junie tells him that Kira is dead. So Marvin kills him. <clears throat> Karan, like we thought he left and they were on their way back to New York, but he double backs to check on Tasha because she was crying when he left. So he just wants to check on her. And make sure that she's all right. 
And she tells him, you know, you need to get out of here. This is not a good situation. And if Trey pops back up, we might as well be dead. And he refuses to leave until she agrees to come back to New York to see him. Because he's like, you know, come see me. You ain't got nothing really going on out here. Just come back to New York. And he also warns her before he leaves not to do anything stupid. And she's like, what's stupid? Getting an abortion stupid. So it's like, don't kill my baby. And like, Mama Santos calls him and he gives Tasha the phone. And Mama Santos, she's like, you know, I don't agree with this situation, but, you know, just have the baby and give it to us. Don't kill the baby. And I'm baffled and, you know, like, I'm kind of offended for Tasha because it's like, first of all, lady, why do you even know my business? And second of all, don't, like, don't call me and tell me that. That's just, it's just so rude because it's just like, I'm imagining trying to deal with all my shit that I got going on and you call me and tell me have the baby and just give it to us that Santos blood going through that baby's veins so we'll take care of it like who the fuck are y'all so Trey pays Marvin's family for some information and he finds out that Marvin was deep back in the game he was back to selling drugs guns He was robbing people and leaning on them. And he also tortures Marvin's cousin that came and helped him out, you know, after he had shot Junie and Fish was there. You know, they basically helped him out. That cousin, Trey tortures him to find out where Marvin is. And what he does is he stabs the man and then he pours salt in the open wound. And, you know, basically, like, pours it down in there and seals it in there. So it's just like, ugh. So not only have you been stabbed, but it's literally pouring salt in your wounds. So Charlie decides to come back to the States. And she's been staking out Trey's and Tasha's house, you know, just to see any sign of Trey. So it's 3 in the morning when Trey comes home. And she knocks on the door wanting to discuss quote-unquote business and she gives him a check for eight plus million you know that's what she was supposed to give him last time when she only gave him 270k and she also tells him there won't be any more problems at the club and so you know he's just like looking at her and she's talking down to him basically like you know the least you can do is thank me and you know He's like, I don't owe you shit. I'm not thanking you for nothing. This is what you should have did in the first place. Like, I'm thanking you for my money you should have already gave me. And he tells her that that check concludes any business that they have and she needs to stay away from him. She throws an envelope on the table. It's a sonogram. He isn't interested. Like, he saw the first one. So this is the second one she's showing him. And he's basically telling her to her face, I don't care about this so-called baby that you have. And, like, I want to be done with you. But, of course, this somehow leads to sex again. So he's had sex with her three times. And, you know, it's because she wanted to show him some type of position that she just swore was the shit And he claims he could have stopped it, but why should Tasha be having all the fun? And it's like, nigga, you started the fun. Like, what are you talking about? You cheated on her first. She's not having all the fun. And then he's talking about, you know, she's out here fucking niggas raw. So let me do me. It's like, no, you fuck this bitch raw first. It's like, this all comes back to you. But of course, niggas in accountability, they don't know what it means. Tasha packs up the kids and her things and takes them home from Trina's house. You know, she's like, she's going to try one more time with Trey and see if they can sit down and talk about it. But when she's at home, she's going through all the piled up mail because, you know, nobody's really been there. And she sees Charlie's sonogram. So she calls Trey and, you know, she's like, come home now. And then she calls Stefan and makes him get a meeting with Charlie at the club, but don't tell her that she'll be there. So Trey is in Kentucky looking for Marvin 
But the housekeeper tells him that Marvin is out of town and she doesn't know when he's coming back. And he he also has Asia, I, Asia, Aisha with him. So, you know, there's no telling when he'll be back. So basically he made that trip for nothing. So when Tasha sees Charlie at the club, Charlie turns to Stefan and says, oh, is this why you called me here? And Tasha pushes Charlie down the stairs, which is about 20 stairs. And when she gets to the end of the stairs, you know, she's out cold and she's bleeding. And Stefan tells her, you know, you need to get out of here. Just leave. And I got to figure out how I'm going to get this right. And when Trey does come home, he leaves right back out. So she's assuming that he went to go check on Charlie. So this gets her in her feelings again. And... She, Trina, and the kids are going to go back to New York. Charlie is being taken care of on her father's estate. And he tells her that she miscarried and he didn't even know that she was pregnant. And then she asks who is responsible. So she lets him know that it was Tasha, but promises to take care of it herself when her father says, you know, oh, so she'll be killed in a few hours, no problem. And she's like, no. And then he's like, so should I kill her husband? And she's like, no, you know, I got them. Don't do anything to them. But there is someone I do want killed because he's responsible, excuse me, for me losing my baby. And that would be Stefan because, you know, he set the meeting up and basically set her up. Also, she had a bodyguard like slash driver that was there with her that day, but he was outside at the car. And, you know, in Chinese or Asian culture, you know, he didn't protect their family. So that was dishonor. So the dad sl- drove a knife into like his stomach and the man like drives it in even further because it's like, if you don't have honor, there's no reason for living. So Tasha has Trey take her to the bank because, you know, underneath those sonograms that she saw, He also has some bank information just laying about where he had 500K for each child set up in a trust fund. So he, she has him take her to the bank so they can add another 500K so it can be an even 1 million. But she also wants to add another million for the baby she's carrying. So Trey started looking around. He like, I know I'm being punk because if you think I'm going to take care of another man's baby, you are out of your mind and you know she's like no and do you think the kids that you've already signed for do you think those are yours so he starts choking her out in the bank and you know it's white people there they are losing their minds and they leave and while they're driving back to the house Tasha spaz she punches him in the face because all these emotions just start hitting her like you really did this to us and now you're just trying to blame everything on me and I'm tired. I want to be over this. Like I want it to be done. So when they get home, Tasha starts crying, asking him, you know, how did they get here? And Trey, like he promises to make it right. He's like, you know, babe, we got to fix it. I messed up by cheating, but you really fucked up by trying to get me back. It's basically how he made it seem like, you know, My little thing, it really didn't matter. But you fucking so close to home and you got pregnant, you know, you really messed up. But I promise to make it right. And she looks at him like he's insane. Like, promise? I used to be able to put my life on your promises. But not anymore. It's over for us. And, you know, he's not trying to let it go. And he won't let it go. He's like, you know, no, no, it's not. And they start having sex because... It always leads back to sex. But Trina interrupts by calling, you know, saying she's about to be pulling up in a cab. And Trey is like, you know, what's going on? Why would she be pulling up? And so Tasha tells him, you know, I plan to go to New York because I was pissed off. So that starts another argument between them. And again, he chokes her, but this time he almost doesn't stop. It wasn't until she started getting like a little blue in the face that he lets her go. 
So Tasha runs out and she gets into the cab with Trina and she leaves. So when they get to New York, Karan has a car waiting for Tasha. Like he bought her a brand new car. It's in her name and everything. But she refuses to drive it, but she gives Trina the keys and has Trina driving her around. And I'm just like, but girl, you still in the car. It ain't like you just left the car where it was. You still took it. And they go to Trey's parents' house because she hasn't seen her kids in a while and she wants to see them. But they're in Florida at Disney World with Trey's mom. And as they get ready to leave, Trey pulls up, like, rams the back of the car and blocks them in. So he gets out going to the driver's side thinking that Tasha's in there. And he's like, you know, whose car is it? And Trina lets down the window, and when he sees that she's on the other side, you know, he's going crazy. Like, whose car is this, Tasha? Whose car is this? And so it's like, you know he already knows, so you might as well just say whose it is. And so she says that it's Trina's, and Trey, like, quickly she <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's so funny the way she was like, you know, it's Trina's shirt. This ain't her car. And it's just like, I was offended for Trina. Basically saying, you know, like, girl, your pussy ain't good enough to have a nigga buying you a car like this. And you ain't got the money for it. And so Tasha pulls the papers out of the glove compartment and shoved them to Trina. Like, you know, put this in your purse. Because he's trying to get in the car to look at the registration and see who the car is registered to. So, you when they won't say anything and when she refuses to get out of the car, Trey takes a lug wrench and starts tearing the car up. And he pulls her out of the car and, you know, he goes in the glove compartment and he can't find the papers that he's looking for. And Trina tells him, you know, I'm going to have to file a police report if you don't pay for the damages. And he tells her, fuck a police report. If you can give me the insurance and the registration or even the car rental papers, if the car is rented, I'll pay you out right now. She couldn't say anything. And he was like, I thought so. <laughs> so it's just like, Trina didn't play left and right. And after that, Trina's dad comes outside and forces him into the house. Like, boy, what is wrong with you? Don't be bringing that in front of my house. Me and your mama ain't never had these type of problems. If you want to handle that, you handle that inside, not outside. So, you know, Tasha, she like, man, fuck this car. Come on, let's go. So they start walking. And, you know, while they're walking, they see this fool a few minutes later coming around the corner, almost on two wheels. That's how fast he's driving, trying to get to her. And so they take off running. And for some reason, Tasha has on heels. So her heel, one of her heels get caught. And she falls down and she twists, twists her ankle. And while Trey comes to a slow creep because they're like down on the ground, he doesn't see them. So he keeps going. So Trina has to get them into a cab and find their way. Like they're going back to her hotel and she really needs to be going to the hospital for that ankle. But she says she's just going to the hotel. Oni has been trying to push up on Fahim, like, get him alone with her. But Jazz has been right there the whole time because she already know what's going on. And she's like, girl, I'm not going for it. This is my husband. You can't have my husband no more. And so because she's mad about that, she has plans so Jazz won't be in her way anymore because she knows people in high places. So while they're in the back of the cab, Trina calls Kendrick, you know, to cancel her plans and tells him why. So he, of course, tells them, hold on. And we already know he's going to call Karan. And Karan calls Tasha, but she won't answer his calls. So he calls Trina and, you know, asking her what happened. And Trina is putting so much emphasis on, yeah, and he messed up the car. And it's like, once again, you proven why you haven't found the baller that you wanted. He's like, man, fuck that car. I'm asking about her. How is she doing? Ain't nobody worried about the material shit. Karan bribes Trina into bringing Tasha to his place. And it's like, once again, Tasha's looking at her sister like, man, 
if my ankle wasn't fucked up, I would beat your ass. It's like you stay letting money, money powers your decisions and powers your logic. Cause basically he told me, you know, like I'll take care of you. Just bring her here. So what is that? Like a thousand dollars? Like, and I said, girl, these are millionaires and they are basically throwing you like dollar bills compared to the type of money that they have. And he has a doctor waiting for her, you know, to look over her ankle and the doctor wraps it up and basically she just has to stay off of it and ice it. Jazz is pulled over one day on her way to school and there's one cop that gets out and then all of a sudden there's multiple cop cop cars pulling up. So she calls Fahim and while they're talking on the phone, police are banging at the door for him. And so he opens the door. There's a search warrant and they're looking for Jazz. And when he asks why, they say the manufacturing and selling of methamphetamine. So Jazz just automatically puts together that Oni is behind this and she's trying to use her past against her. If y'all can hear my raggedy chair, I'm sorry. So Oni is excited that her plan is carried out and Fahim has Oni pick up uh, Kira, you know, take back to her household. Her and little Fahim can spend some time together while he's waiting for Jazz to come home. So he left the house exactly the way the police left it all torn up because he wants to see, wants Jazz to see, you know, what her decision has done to them. And so when Jazz gets home, she tells him that she knows that Ani is behind it, you know, to get to him. So he doesn't believe it. He won't believe anything she says. She's like, come on now, that don't make no sense. Just admit that you did it. And, you know, you have a problem. And he's like, you know, what did I tell you would happen the last time if you got caught doing this again? And I'm assuming that meant that, you know, they would no longer be together. So she's just like, you know, so you really don't believe me? So, all right, I'm out then. And he won't let her in the house until she admits that she did it. And she's like, you know, I'm not admitting anything. So he won't let her in. He goes in and come like grab some stuff and comes back outside and throws it at her and she leaves and he feels like he did the right thing and I'm like how do you feel like you did the right thing like you don't believe in your wife that much that okay yeah like nobody's denying the fact that she cooked up meth before but y'all have moved on past that she ain't did that no more and it's just like, you just so ready to throw her to the side. So anyway, a couple hours later, Oni is dropping the kids off and he's spilling on her right in their kitchen. I'm like, that's still you and your wife's house. And it's just like, it seems like you are just pushing your wife to the side so you can get with this girl. And of course, Oni, she's loving it. That's all she wants. She has always quote-unquote been his and that's all she wants to be Karan proposes to Tasha and she actually accepts even though she is still technically a married woman so Trey finally finds Marvin and you know they have this conversation about what happened of him selling out of the club and then what happened to Kira and him just leaving his wife and Marvin saying, you know, there were other bodies around and we were riding dirty and then we had DKD in the trunk. And it's just like, nigga, none of that matters. You left your wife and just, you know, just walked away, just left your wife for anybody to find. And, you know, so where is she? He doesn't know. So he tells him, you know, if you're going to kill me, just kill me. And get it over with. Make sure you take care of my baby. I know y'all love her. She like family. And you know that's the end. R.I.P. Marvin. And they still don't know where Kira is. So Fahim is meeting with his and Jazz's lawyer. Who is working on get, getting the video of Jazz being pulled over. And it seems like what Jazz said is true. And Fahim like gets a bad feeling in his stomach. Because it seems like. He did the wrong thing and this whole case is bullshit and she wasn't back to doing drugs. 
are, you know, making drugs, not doing drugs. Kira is still alive, but she has no memory of who she is. She's been titled Brown Doe because, you know, she got dropped off at a hospital and nobody knows who she is. They didn't find any identification on her. She's just been a woman who basically has been in a coma and doesn't know anything. And a girl she went to UCLA with is at the group home that she's in. And she thinks that Kira is just there, you know, to volunteer. So she is going up to her, calling her Kira, but Kira doesn't recognize her own name. She doesn't even know who this girl is. Jazz has been staying on campus, you know, ever since Fahim basically threw her out. And she's liking it. She's like, you know, I can focus on my studies now instead of at home. I'm a wife and a mother first and basically her schoolwork is pushed to the back. So she is enjoying this little bit of freedom that she has. And one night while, you know, they're sleeping, Oni hears a noise and little Fahim is kidnapped. So she has to call Fahim and she has to call her family and they all come together to figure out what's wrong. The men who took little Fahim told Ani we want what's ours. We work for steel. So that's somebody her and her family has had dealings with in the past. And it seems like they messed them over. So now they've come to get their revenge. And Oni and her family, they're into a lot of things like trafficking, kidnapping, guns, and drugs. So Fahim calls Jazz and, you know, she automatically comes to his side, you know, to care for him and their daughter, because, you know, he needs her to take their daughter while he figure figures out what's going on with his son. And, you know, he leaves them at their home and he heads back to Oni's house. But at their house, someone keeps calling and hanging up. So Jazz takes their daughter and she goes over to Oni's house as well and tells him, you know, somebody keeps calling and hanging up. So I just don't want to be there. But when she gets like further into the house and looks around and sees who's there, she punches Oni in her face. And Fahim thinking like she's still on some baby mama drama, jealousy shit. And she's like, you know, go get my daughter because he had just went to go lay her down. And she's like, no, go get my daughter. I'm not doing this with y'all. And he's like, man, you know, what is going on? What is you talking about? Like, we got other stuff to worry about. And she points at a guy and says, I told you that that bitch was grimy. That's the dude who planted the stuff in my car and y'all just all sitting here together. So y'all probably all working together. Forget y'all and I'm leaving. So Fahim tries to stop her, but because the phone rings, you know, he has to think about his son. So that gives Jazz time to get away from him and she's just done. DKD is also still alive. I don't know how that happened because they had him, you know, bound and gagged in the back of the car and they said that man was dead, but he's still alive. And Tasha sees him while she's with Karan out in New York City. And they have been moving around like they really are a couple without a care in the world. He even buys her an engagement ring. Trey takes Aisha back to California and drops her off to Aunt, Aunt uh, excuse me, Aunt Ma- Marva. Why can't I speak? Aunt Marva. Before continuing on to New York to get his sons and he brings them back home and then he goes to New York again. It's time to get his wife. Karan and Tasha are in the car together when they're ambushed. Excuse me, Karan tells him, you know, let my shorty go. You can just have me. And the guys are like, that ain't your shorty. That ain't your woman. And they start calling her Mrs. Macklin. So while Karan is getting jumped, Tasha is put in the back of a limo and taken to the airport. And she realizes that Trey is behind this. And on the train, she asks Trey, on the plane, she asks Trey, what did you do to Karan? And he's like, what? 
She's like, I just want to know what'd you do to him? You know, like, where is he? What's going to happen to him? And, you know, this is not to excuse domestic violence, but she know that man is crazy. So he hits her in the jaw and says, you want to ask me about another man again? And she does the smart thing and be, you know, she's quiet. And she asks him, you know, what do you want from me? He's like, I want my wife back. I want our life back on track. And we're going to get a DNA test for this baby. And if it is that nigga's baby, you'll be getting an abortion. She just feeling like she got all the balls in the world because she refuses. And Trey drags her to the emergency exit of the plane and is kicking at the door as if he's about to throw her out. You know, Tasha, she done pissed on herself and she's screaming until she agrees to get the abortion. Fahim and some of his family members and Oni's family are meeting the kidnappers at you know, a secret location and they have the drugs and the money that they were looking for when they kidnapped little Fahim. So everything is going fine until someone yells out, the nigga pulling a gun. And so shots just ring out. And Fahim, you know, he drops down to the ground and he's covering little Fahim, but big Fahim is hit in the shoulder. And when the gunfire stops and he gets up, to pick up his son, his body is limp and there's a hole in his head. So little Fahim is dead. And the guy steal, he got away with the drugs and the money. So it's just like he got what he wanted and Fahim is left with a dead son. Trey causes Tasha to lose the baby because while Karan is laid up in the hospital, you know, he calls trying to talk to Tasha and... And once again, that's Trina's fault because Trina is at the hospital with Kendrick and she calls Tasha and Tasha tells her to stay out of her business. And Trey gets on the phone and tells Karan, you know, whatever thoughts you had about my wife and this baby, you can get rid of all of that. And I believe he put something in the food because he cooked them breakfast. And after breakfast, he finds her in the bathroom, curled up and bleeding. So she, quote unquote, miscarried. DKD is back in California. And as he's riding past Trey's house, he notices someone on the porch. It's Kira. She remembers his name and then she faints. Like she couldn't remember his face. And she asks him, you know, do you live here? And he doesn't answer because he's so stunned by seeing her. And she's like, I remember you. Your name is Rick. And then she faints. Kaylin takes Trey to the hospital where Karan is and tries to squash the beef once and for all. So while he's talking, Karan just starts laughing and starts calling them bitches. He's like, you know, we used to run New York City at one point. You know, we had our hands in everything. And all of a sudden, y'all done got married and y'all done became pussy. And it's like, you know, now y'all crying about wanting to be out of the game. Like, you know, I can't believe that this is what I left y'all. You know, like, I gave y'all this city. I had it on lock. And he points at Trey, you know, calling him a clown. Like, okay, I hit your wife, so what? You're supposed to hit it and pass it to the next nigga. She don't mean nothing to me. And it's basically like, nigga, you were running from one side of the coast to the other, you proposed, you gave her a ring. So you trying to act like it was all a plot in some way and it really wasn't. You just got the lower hand. I'm used to saying the upper hand, but you got the lower hand out of the situation. So, you know, they walk out because they're like, man, this nigga crazy and I ain't got time for it. And Kaylin gets on the elevator and he realizes that he's the only one that's on the elevator. And he looks at Trey and he knows what he's about to do and he just has to let it happen. So Trey manages to make it back to Karan's room without being detected because he had a reversible sweater that he turned out to all black. He had a black scully on top of his head. So nobody would, I guess, pay attention to him or be able to see him. And he stabs him a few times and slits his throat 
And we end with him saying he thought he was out of the game, but now he's in more deeper than he's ever been. We have another list of reading group discussion questions. So let's start with number one. How do you think Kaylin handled the whole Trey Tasha Quran fiasco? I feel like he handled it the best way he could because he was close to everyone involved. And although Quran is his brother, Quran been away for a long time. He been in the trenches with Trey. And, you know, Tasha, that's his sister and that's his best friend's wife. So, you know, he was trying to be equal and fair to all parties without picking a side. Because it's not always family over everything, especially when family is in the wrong. Number two, how should Jazz have dealt with Oni after her initial contact with Fahim? Now, this is interesting because I'm wondering if they met in New York or in ATL. Because I feel like Jazz, she didn't do anything wrong. How she handled the situation seemed perfectly fine to me. It's just like she's trying to make it clear. Because it's just like, okay, back in New Jersey, you was the same girl. You just be waiting on the sideline. And any little thing he gives you, you accept. So I'm making sure to nip that in the bud and let you know you have nothing coming. So, you know, just deal with him according accordingly. And, you know, this is only about your child. This ain't about you. So don't be looking for nothing. Or I'm going to have to put my foot in your ass. Number three, should Fahim have made passes at Ani? No, I no. Why? You're a married man. You have a wife. And you have a dark, like you have a family and your son is included in that family, but his mama is not. So what are you making passes at her for? And then it's just like, once again, a man doing something that the wife, she knows, and they try to make her feel crazy as if it's not happening. So it's like, Jazz already knew what was going to happen. And Fahim tried to make her seem like she was insecure and worried about the wrong thing when no, she was worried about the right thing. Number four, what were your thoughts when Trey fucked Charlie again? I was disgusted because, like I said, he told me he could have stopped. No, he couldn't have. You're attracted to that woman and you like the little game y'all play. And, you know, you're just disgusting. And once again, trying to make it all about Tasha when it's really about you. And it's just like, I never mentioned it, but Tasha told him a few times. It's like, you know, you went through all of that to get me. When I told you from the very begin, from the very get go, you know, I'm not trying to be hurt. I'm not trying to go through any drama. And you swore you won on that. And look at us, like what, three, four years later, and that's exactly what you do. So you could have just left me where I was at if you was gonna do all this. Number five, do you think Trey overreacted on the plane? Yes shit fuck the plane like when he first came and got you know quote-unquote got her and he smelled the sex on her and he beat her all around angels and trey's house you know trey i'm angel and kaylin's house not angel and trey that man is abusive and like i said he feels like he can do whatever he wants and she just has to deal with it but he can't take even a little get back so, yeah, he absolutely overreacted, and he needs to be in jail somewhere, but, the, you know, that ain't this life, and that ain't what we doing. Or was he just past his boiling point? What is his boiling point? Getting his own actions thrown back in his face? Like, what is the boiling point? Number six, if you were Tasha, would you have given Trey head after he punched you in the mouth? On the plane? No, I would not have. Like, this is an abusive really disgusting relationship, but Wahida Clark, in writing her book, she always makes the characters write as if they're defending themselves, and if this is real life, and saying, you know, these books are not for the weak-hearted, so if you can't handle it, don't read it, but, you know, that's just the way this life is supposed to go, and that's okay. 
I'm not saying it's okay, but you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how she puts it. So it's like, if you can't handle this type of stuff, don't read these books. So I'm not even going to entertain that. Number seven, did Tasha seem too nonchalant about Stefan's death? I wouldn't know. It wasn't too nonchalant. It was really, she knew what was coming. Because they made her aware that this was the Chinese mafia and he was the one that helped set it up. So she had to know that they was going to come for one of them. And it just happened to be Stefan. And if it seems like she was too nonchalant in the beginning of the last book, I would think she say she did say whenever he was around something bad happened so you know she just took that as that like it's finally over and she don't feel no way about feel no way about it number eight was Tasha wrong for continuing to fuck with Karan absolutely I just like I couldn't even get it off of, yeah absolutely like nobody after the first time everybody made their mistake like first of all when they kissed, that should have been done and over with. They should have stopped hanging out, whatever, whatever. But even when they showed up in California, there's no way she should have slept with them. Even if they did stay at Trina House, they should not have still slept together. Should she or could she have quit while she was ahead? I just answered that. She definitely could have quit while she was ahead. Number nine, do you think Rick should get back with Kira or stay with Nina? I think Rick should die a second time and stay dead. Like, we don't need you. Did Fahim, number 10, did Fahim overreact when he threw Jazz out? Absolutely. If so, why? If not, why? How could you say he didn't overreact? It's just like, I told you what it was. And, you know, I can only stand on my word so if you don't believe my word like we ain't got nothing and he definitely overreacted because it's just like you so quick to turn on me for this woman who obviously has a motive but you don't see it that way you starting to see her as this good person and look at your wife as if she's the bad guy so you definitely overreacted and for him really ain't shit you know unfortunately you lost your son but nigga fuck you And that is the last question, and that is the end of part five, Justify My Thug, and that would be day 11, day 12, I gotta look it up, I can't remember, of read a book, record a podcast. Yo, I can't believe I'm really doing it, I am so proud of myself, I just want to take a second and say, I'm really proud of me because I'm getting through these books and I'm making it work and I'm going to make my goals happen. So thank you guys for coming and listening to me. And I will see you next episode tomorrow for Honor Thy Thug. Peace and blessings, y'all.